Hello guys and welcome. So today we have Joe joining us yet again. So we're going to be doing this in two different parts. Today will be the first part. Friday will be the second. Today we're going to be talking about the plan of care and how the PTA implements the plan of care from the PT, as well as what we can do if things we want to do aren't in the plan of care and just kind of working on those communication skills. But let's go ahead and jump right in. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken. And Laura, thanks for joining for another exciting episode. Yeah, well, first, let's just, first we want to congratulate you, though, because he told us something right right. before we got on. And I think it's really important that we should bring it up. But Joe is hitting 10 years. Um, Is it today, technically? It's on the 15th of January. It's on the 15th, yeah. Yeah. And so we wanted to say congrats because that's big. That's honestly, I feel like that's huge in the medical field because so many people burn out sometimes before even hitting like five years. Oh, so yeah. making it 10 years is awesome. And congrats to you for that. And um, just how are you doing real quick on everything? Me? I'm doing, I mean, you, you mentioned like making it 10 years and whatnot. It is a huge milestone. Um Without hitting burnout, I definitely hit burnout in my career and compassion fatigue a few times. So, I, so yeah, just soldiering through that has been kind of tough. But, you know, I think that just comes with the career field that we chose, dealing with people and the complexity of mm-hmm. dealing with injured people, sick people, so people that want our help. So, But I'm doing great. You know, I'm glad that I, I've been in this field for as long as I am. Um, I'm glad that, you know, I'm still around. <laughs> we're also glad. You're still we're going. very, very glad. Still going, still going, still going. Here you go. We're glad and, that you're willing to share all that knowledge with us, which is amazing too. So Yeah, and, you know, I appreciate what you guys are continuing to do here because, you know, PTA field, um, it, you guys are definitely uplifting it and advocating just by getting our voices out there. And that's super important because, you know, In my 10 years, I've seen my classmates. I think I graduated like 30, 32. I can tell you that half, more than half of them don't even practice physical therapy anymore. That was within probably the first two to three years that most of them left the career field. So it's kind of crazy. (laughs) No, I agree. I think we have, I already have a couple of classmates that I don't think are practicing anymore. And I mean, I've, what, one year in, but... No, it's really huge to hit 10 years. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, it flies by, too. Like, now that I think about it, I was like, man, has it really been 10 years? Because it kind of seems like it's only been, like, maybe two or three years. But, yeah, it it goes, man. And then it's been the same setting, right, the 10 years? No, like the so the first, the first three years were I did a lot of PRN, so it was a lot of sniff, acute, outpatient workers comp so a little bit of everything just because of uh where i live you know colorado denver colorado for one it's just super saturated with tons of pts ptas so it was just it was a real struggle to try to find full-time positions that were actually worth you know the time but and then i did contracting travel technically travel therapy within the state of colorado and then that's how i landed my job that I'm at and I've been there for over over seven years nice so a long time well that's awesome well let's get into the plan of care sorry if you hear my dog in the background I think he's trying to break in but oh is he trying to scratch through the door again he's trying to dig dig a hole through the 
uh, dig himself. Yeah, we were. It was funny because me and Ken recorded uh, at my house earlier this week, and my dog tried to get in, and he did this nice little gentle one time. Right. Dink. His was like a nice little. And then hey, just lay down. Let me in. Mine is trying to dig a way through China to get here. There, there Anyways. You go. Um, yeah. All right. So let's start with. Uh, you want to do plan of care? Yeah, we'll do the do the plan of care if you want to. Um, so let's, yeah. let's start. What what is the plan of care? The plan of care. So the plan of care is usually established at the eval. So. The patient comes in, um, usually sees the physical therapist, and they will do their full eval. They will establish their plan of care. Depending on how the physical therapist wants to set up this plan of care is generally up to them. If they know that they're going to work as a team with PTAs, they usually set it up more generally. So where I work, it's more generalized. So let's say I have a basic muscle skeletal patient, um, something like a total hip or total knee. Usually the physical therapist that I work with or that I have worked with will be like, here's your plan of care. It looks like this is a generalization because this is how it's set up for me. It'll be like perform Therax, neuromuscular re-ed, manual therapy, therapeutic activities, and that can go down the spectrum of all those CPT physical therapy codes. Mm -hmm. And if that is all that is in there, that is what I have to go off of. So I can work within the realms of, they just said Therax and they didn't say specifically, I want Therax with, you know, specific range of motions, then I can basically do whatever I want, or we can do whatever we want. It can be as broad as that, or it can be as restrictive as the physical therapist will literally put in exactly what they want done in the plan of care. So something like, example with that total knee arthroplasty, they'll say, hey, um, patient needs to work range of motion, active passively within, you know, I want the goal to be 120 degrees, right? Or I want zero extension. And if there is anything outside of that, that I want to do, I cannot do it. I will have to go back to the therapist and I will have to say, said patient could benefit from X, Y, or Z. Or if there's something that I don't think is appropriate for the patient that I want off of the plan of care, and then I go back to my therapist and be like, "This patient is really not appropriate for X, Y, or Z." Um, um, as far as like seeing the difference between someone who's fairly vague and someone who's like super specific, do the PTs that are specific do they update the plan of care more often? Do you feel like, or is it kind of the same? So the one that I work with right now, he'll update it. He'll like as of so I'm going into work tomorrow. And we're talking about a new patient, and he specifically wanted me to do some manual therapies for said patient. And so, you know, I talked to him, and I said, okay, I'll make sure that I do that. And then outside of that, you know, I'll perform everything else that he has in the plan of care. So if it's just like basic therax or manual, other manual stuff that I want to do, I can. So. Yeah, I feel like for the most part, since I've only really worked in outpatient, I think they're all almost vague for the most. I, mean, yeah, I, I worked under one PT for so long as well. Yeah. I well, like and most I've worked of mine with a couple 
I would just say in general, most of the locations, if they work with PTAs, they like to leave it vague. Yeah. So you do have a little bit of freedom, but like mine literally a lot of times will include like their sentence will be like, uh, we'll co-treat with physical therapist assistant and we'll perform, you know, exercises and da, 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 and, but not limited to, or, you know, and they literally will put like modalities. <laughs> and so like, they literally leave it so broad. Yeah. Um, now, have you ran across where someone has been so strict, but how do you like, and you're like, how would you approach the you're PT? Like, I'm almost, yeah, like almost too strict to the point where you're like, how do I approach someone to be able to kind of get them to stop making the plan of care is almost too strict that I've got no wiggle room to work based off of how they're feeling that day or improve them without having to go back every single time um, to the PT? So that's a great question. And I think this will come up for a lot of new grads too. Um, this is good to know. And I actually wrote this down. So if there's not enough wiggle room within the plan of care, it, it basically comes down to you at some point within your work week, you need to cut out some time to sit down with your physical therapist and you need to get on the same page of here's my education level. This is what I can handle. This is what I might need a little bit of help with. And this is what I don't feel comfortable doing. So it would be great if you give me resources or you teach me how to do said things. But it basically comes down to being able to have that discussion with your PT. And um, I've been fairly good about in probably the last maybe eight years of my career going up and when I work with a PT and be like, hey, this is who I am, this is my education, this is my background, this is what I'm good at, and this is what I'm not good at. Like, this is what I might need more help with. Do you mind, you know, helping me learn? And then usually with that dialogue, they start to, you start to gain trust within that team role and that physical therapist, you can be like, hey, I wish that you could write the plan of care this way so I can have some room to either make modifications, um, either regress the patient, or I can progress the patient to where I see fit. And usually that goes over pretty well. Every single physical therapist that I've worked with, to be honest, I bet has been pretty receptive. I think it's just coming to them as opposed to being reactionary well you'll be like well sad therapist thinks i'm not capable he thinks i'm stupid or you know all this it's like no you have to go advocate for be for yourself and just be like hey like i'm really good at this and i can show you yeah. like if you need me to show you i'd be willing to show you another thing is too if they just coming from like if you want a therapist to write the plan of care so general you need to show them that you're you, you know the Capable. research. Yeah, you, you know the research. You're, you're staying up to date on the latest research protocols um, and that you're constantly learning. And they want to know that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, I feel like a lot of the times when PTs make the plan of care really strict, it's because they don't know your skill set yet. Mm -hmm. And they do feel a little bit more comfortable when... Um, you know, you go to them and you talk about what you can and cannot do, what you don't feel comfortable 
Or also, like, they feel like you'll come to them if they put something that they want you to do. That if you're discussing that with them, they'll feel more comfortable of, of like, kind of leaving it open. So that way, if they do have a question, they know you're going to come to them versus just try to do it type thing. Um, so I couldn't agree more with that. I've yeah, only that's seen, what I was like, going to say. One. Like, as far as, like, one opening up those channels of communication, I feel like go a long way. And I know that's what I did when I first started with my PT. Like, if he did a lot of mobs for his plan of care, and it's like, hey, I haven't done knee mobs or shoulder mobs as much because I didn't really learn them in school. And it's one of those things, like, if I didn't bring that up, then it's, like, what? where should I go? Should I just try to do it even though I'm not comfortable doing it? Or just let the PT know, like, hey, I haven't done this technique or I'm not as versed with this technique, so... I think opening up those channels of communication go a long way. And like you said, like they build the trust and usually most PTs are open to that. Like they're receptive to it. Then they'll either teach you the ways or they'll kind of work around what you can do. And then they'll teach you those methods like down the road. Yeah. Uh, I agree 100%. When I first started working out in the hospital that I was at, the PT that was formerly there, it was interesting. We had that dialogue. He was a new grad right out of DPT school and I had been practicing for, I think, almost three or four years by then. And we were just getting to know what our skill sets and what we're good at. And I told him, I was like, hey, I'm really good at inpatient acute care stuff. And he just straight up told me, he's like, I haven't really had much exposure to it. Maybe you could help educate me on certain topics. And I just told him, you know, he was specializing in uh, some uh, uh, PRI techniques um, and I knew nothing about it. And so we just traded. PRI, sorry. Yeah, it's a postural. It's Postural Restoration Institute. Um, It's its own whole whole thing. You can look it up. Uh, I'm on, I didn't mean to it, cut you yeah, off, but I wasn't no, sure no, what PRI fine. was. No, you're fine. It's its its own kind of like way of approaching the nervous system and asymmetrical. Um, so it's like a voice. whole other specialty kind of. Yeah, I mean, they do have like specialty certifications for it. Um, it's definitely interesting. It's about... Um, asymmetrical patterns in the body you know your heart's on more of one side of the body liver's on more mm-hmm. of the the right you got diaphragm where it <laughs> connects it connects lower on the right than the left and it pulls us certain ways and we're all asym- asymmetrical yeah it was like this Which rabbit yeah it was this really? rabbit hole to, of like how to, have to look into that how to reposition people but i knew nothing about it so i was learning through him but it was interesting. So I'd learn his skill set because I had to know if he, if I was taking over his patients and he was giving them these interventions and I didn't know what the heck they were, you know, yep. I, I had to, yeah. I had to learn it. And so I ended up taking courses and want to, too. So I was more versed in it. And then other, you know, other things too, like, um, I taught him more of the acute care stuff and what to do, but it, it's funny um, that you kind of mentioned of the... that because Uh, I literally had the same thing just happen with my PT, like legit, um, where it was, I had like my review, 60 day review, but it was actually way past 60 days. Um, But they were talking about certain things and I was talking about like, that was one of the things that, you know, I had brought up of being good at doing is just communicating with my PT and learning from her. And then even later that night, she came to me and she's newer. She's like a year and a half out. And 
she never really did a lot of um, STM work. She did a little bit, but she, you know, the place, the location where she was at did a lot more dry needling if possible mm-hmm. or tool um, assisted STM, but like just not really too much hands on. And we went over some stuff and I went over showing her kind of how I like to do mine and the positioning of it. And Mm -hmm. she now has literally changed how she does some of her manual technique to legit match because she's like, Oh, I like that better. You're right. I can get better pressure. But I want to say one of the cool parts on it, she came in one day and she kept getting just spasms within her upper trap and she's like, yeah, they keep, they dry needle, they get it, but like, it's just not going away. And she's like, I might ask you to work on it. I was like, that's fine. And so one day during lunch, I helped her and I worked on it and it went away. Like, she's like, I haven't, since that happened, she goes, she hasn't woken up with a episode at all. Nice. And she goes, I've literally had dry needle. But the nice thing is, is when you actually get to do something like that in practice, with your PT and they actually can feel what you're doing. The trust for that plan of care also comes with that too, because then they, they understand and they under can feel exactly, um, you know, what you're doing. And so then they're a little bit more, like you said, a little bit more open on that plan of care. Yeah. Um, yeah. speaking of like dry nearly ending nuts, um, it's hard for us to take courses on that, but like, what do you recommend for, like you were saying, like the PT does certain techniques that you took courses to help yourself understand those technique better. Mm-hmm. Um, like, do you feel like that's the route people should go if their PT does those techniques? Do you think they should try learning from their PT or just kind of communicating with their PT? Like, hey, is there ways I can do so that I can help you with your plan of care and just kind of progress this a little faster, I guess? I think uh, the first thing that I would do is actually just approach the PT and be like, hey, can you teach me said techniques? And if they're like, yeah, you know, you only need to know a couple of these. You don't you don't need to be like, you know, specialized or you don't even need to take a whole course on this stuff. I can teach you, you know, let's meet up before or after in between patients whenever you got time. It's only going to take, you know, X amount of time. That's where I would start. So I definitely approach the PT first and see what they want you to do. Now, if you're a complete nerd like me and you want to know why you're doing this stuff, I would always, I'm never not going to recommend people take continuing education or certs because it's just going to make you that much more competent. So when, you know, you get underneath another PT or under the same PT, you can explain to them why you're doing stuff. You can advocate, be like, hey, this technique really works. This this other one doesn't um and then you can also better educate the patient too yeah, I, I agree i remember when i was going through clinicals way back when i was doing ifc on a patient not knowing that the patient had like a i think he had a master's in electrical engineering and he was asking me how, what this was doing and i just remember like blanking in my head of like physiologically what is going on and i was like i need to go back and i need to reread that section of the modalities yep and in all fairness though what's the odds of you getting someone who has a master's in electrical engineering i know right and he was the one time right yeah it's the one time of course it's on you know (laughs) clinical too so i'm just like a student like uh 
I, I don't know. I just know that it works, right? Right. <laughs> like, You're like the studies have shown it works. Yeah, yeah. So I would, I would always say like keep up to date. If you feel like you're really struggling to know a section of like the plan of care and how to treat people, whether it's neuro, muscular, cardio, palm, integumentary, or you know the various systems, and you don't know why you're doing this stuff, you probably need to go back and take some you know continuing education, or you need to do the research. I mean, point in case, I mean you guys are going to be able to see this. Not that people listening to this but like i you know i got my patho book because there's some times where i'm just like why what and i go back and you just revisit it and you're like okay cool yeah i found myself doing that was his patho book it looked nice and warm right i actually so this is so my uh my 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 og one was the white one this i actually ordered because i lost my old one and this is like new and update and it's kind of funny because i think this was like 2018 and it's got big old virus on the front and i got it during COVID. i was like this is kind of ironic well, like <laughs> right yeah you see certain they're, they're, things they sometimes you're like mm. yeah like i definitely found myself doing that when i first started more often like i would treat a patient with like a certain diagnosis and then i would go to my notes and be like all right what do my notes say real quick on this like yeah. type of patho and then okay i would go treat i think because of our setting we see the same thing over and over again you kind of mm-hmm. get into a rhythm but yeah. no it's definitely good practice to always okay this is what i have let me see what my notes say kind of brush up on your stuff that way you don't forget and kind of explain the easy things too like the better you understand it the better you're going to be able to explain it to patients on why you're doing what you're doing yeah, and I think the more you explain it to patients too, it it sets in your brain a little bit more, too. Mm. Of just like, you know, it's not something that you're gonna always have to go back and look up because you're discussing it. Yeah, it's often. that uh, that teach back method, right? If you ever make oh yeah, I'm a big like I learn by teaching back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which does not work, by the way, because sometimes uh, me and Ken actually learn the exact same way where we we learn by quizzing other people. Mm. You know, as you, you know, you quiz and you test and you learn that way, kind of ask, asking the questions. Both me and Ken learn that way, which is not great to w- work with someone sometimes who learns the exact same Because we both want to quiz each other. Yeah, both of us just want to quiz each other. <laughs> and we're like, no, I, it's my turn to quiz you. No, 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 I'm going to quiz you. And you're like, wait, you're like, I need someone to answer these. <laughs> so, yeah. And like kind of going back for a step to step of how I approach my plan of care, like when the, so I, I read the PT's eval or the last treatment note, because sometimes they do update the plan of care and it's not just off of the eval. Uh, another good thing to know is your short-term and long-term goals. If they're in there, if your PT does that, and I just, you know, familiarize myself with the contraindications and the precautions. And then I'll go through medication, checklists, all that stuff. But I do, I tend to have time to do a chart review on patients real quick. Sometimes I don't, but I would say that's the way to do it. Do a quick chart review, read the last uh, note that whoever treated said patient, and then go from there. For your contraindications, are they typically listed in the plan of care? Or is it more like this is their patho and you're more expected to know them. 
uh, at this point, it, I would say more than less. It's more the expectation to know them, and as opposed to like they're listed. Sometimes they'll be listed, um, and sometimes my the physical therapist that I work with, he'll just verbally tell me, and then you know I'll make a note about it. Um, but most times, it's actually I they're not listed, and I need to know what I'm doing. So it's not like you're getting your hand held for this stuff. It's you go in there and you need to know what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. I think that's another good point to like bring up the communication with your PT. Like if you're not sure, either if you can try to find it yourself, if you like to brush up on it yourself, that's one way. And then another way is communicating with your PT. Like, hey, are there certain things I can, can't do? But I mean, I wouldn't also ask every single time because then it's like you're expected to know after you've asked a couple times. Yeah. And uh, there's going to be things that are out of your control as well, which come up, you know, patient comes in later in the week and is presenting with, you know, uh, signs and symptoms that just don't add up. And then you, for me, because I work in general supervision, my PT is just... I have to call them if something doesn't feel right or something doesn't present right. And if I can't figure it out myself, I have to call them and be like, you know, patient presents with X, Y, and Z. I also work in a hospital, so I do have access to physicians if I think it's really bad. Okay. I can pull them in. Um, but I can tell you I've had that happen. I have something weird happen probably every once every five to six months where – Patient's doing really great. Next time they come in, uh, you know, case in point, might be like a total knee patient where they ripped their quad. And, it, you know, you have to know what that looks like. Somebody fractures their patella. I have not it's just seen compression that. Compression fractures, yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of weird stuff, uh, you know, people tearing their bice, bicep tendons because they're not following their, you know, I, protocols and one. stuff. Yeah. And we had somebody it, come in, and I'm like, uh, I didn't get the PT because that don't look right. I'm like yeah. telling yeah. him and I'm like, I'm not going to say it, but if you walk in there and you feel like it is, then you can say it. But yeah, she yeah. even like, I, asked me like, yeah, does this look right? I'm like, nope, but I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. And it's always, you know, for me, I, I tell him, I was like, it could be X, Y, or Z. I'm not saying that's what it is. Like the likelihood of it, if I, if it's pretty well, you know, I can see that. Like that presentation. Not, yeah. yeah. The presentation, if they have a Popeye or you can tell that their proximal, you know, the head has detached or the distal head has detached for said bicep. Um, you can be like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And then I will contact my PT and be like, they're presenting with us and be like, yeah, send them to ER or I already sent them to the ER, to be honest. You know, send them back to their surgeon, wherever you need yeah, to send them. Check in. You need, yeah, you need to know that stuff. And for all the people going through PTA programs or new grads, like, yeah, keep up to date on stuff, how to test stuff, you know, special tests or just observation skills or assessment skills, you know. All right. Well, with that, we'll wrap up today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Today was, remember that, part one of two. Friday, we'll be back with Joe talking about the advocacy for pay, whether you're a new grad or already a practicing therapist. Be sure to follow us on all our socials, on Instagram, YouTube, as well as join the Discord. This is where you're going to find Joe and a lot of other PTAs just kind of communicating, getting to know each other and just helping each other out. So be sure to tune in to that. And until then, we'll catch you next time. Take care.
The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.